it's Thursday, and welcome back to yet another Days of the New, the only new metal podcast with five listeners in Pakistan. <laughs> I'm Kevin here with my co-host Nick. Nick, how you feeling today? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm all right. I uh, I saw this study that said that if you work 55 hours uh, a week, that you're like 35 percent more likely to have a stroke. <laughs> uh, so my job is literally killing me. I think so. That's cool. Well, if the job doesn't do it, this podcast certainly fucking will. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to this garbage every week after week. <laughs> can we just go do, like, hybrid theory again? No, no. There's no going back. We can only push forward. <laughs> One day we will make it to 2003, and this will be fucking over. <laughs> One day we will run out of albums that we know about. Yeah, well, and not if we continue to do borderline new metal albums, which has been a trend this season. So with that, today we're excited to welcome to the pod friend of the show, Anthony Pennington. Anthony, how are you? I'm good. Hey, guys, what's going on? Anthony, today you're going to be walking us through the Cottonmouth King's 1998 album, High Society. You are uniquely qualified to speak on this subject matter for two reasons. Number one... You have a nuanced understanding and appreciation for the genre. And number two, you smoke an absolutely jaw-dropping amount of marijuana. It's true. It's time-consuming. It's time-consuming. <laughs> but, uh, you know, between smoking copious amounts of cannabis and naps, you know, I'm not. I'm in no danger of those uh, medical conditions that come from working that oh. Nick was talking about. <laughs> that's that's great. That's great. Um, and hopefully, you know, we the dream is to get into uh, the cannabis sector is becoming an actual business front now to where there's a lot of industry going on to where people can get involved and really make a difference to try to push it forward in more states and also to um, get with the program where it is legal and have recreational or medicinal marijuana things that anybody can reach out to and enjoy and hopefully it'll move on. In my opinion, I think it's a good alternative medicine. I think the band that we're talking about today certainly agrees with those sentiments. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> I know next to nothing about the band itself. I know who the members are, but, uh, you know, if anybody can give me a, a deep dive on uh, what I need to know about this band before we get into the album itself. I can do that. So if you imagine, like, 1998 SoCal bros, like, not people that you would have got along with, but people you would have been like, <laughs> I fucking hate this guy. That's probably <laughs> this band in a nutshell. You're going to hate this album when you listen to it. <laughs> There's no question in my mind. Can confirm that is true. Yeah, that's 100%. <laughs> Why I got brought in on this one, though, is because Kevin's on the inside scoop. He knows that. In 98, when I was like 14 years old, I caught this band and I was into new metal at the time. Don't don't get me wrong. It wasn't like I was some elitist when I was 14 years old on the music front. I see these guys they are opening for some metal band and, you know, it's just four dudes. There's no band. They get on the stage and and it just it turns into a hip hop show. And I'm like, well. Okay, I, I can get down with this, but they mixed in elements of like punk rock from time to time. Their album wasn't even released yet at that time. And I purchased it when it came out. Like that's how much it stood out to me. Sure. Well, I could see how they could uh, 
you know, draw the crowd, I actually found a video of them uh, on the, the record release tour and like super high energy. Like these guys come out, the crowds pump and these guys are not, they don't stop moving. They are up and down. They are jumping. They are all over the stage. And I can see if you're pretty hyped up to go to a show and that happened, even if it wasn't your genre, you might be like, all right, you know, the energy's there. Absolutely. This is another one of those days in the new episodes that does not feature a new metal album, but an album that is a new metal adjacent. So, like, right. Be, well, because this is what we, we, would, we would call pimp rock. Oh, oh wow. We ha- have you touched this genre before? Not really. <laughs> I am working on a pimp rock episode. Hell yeah. Kid rocking up and down your block all the yes, time. Exactly. I'm exactly. with it. <laughs> yeah. After the first time I saw them, about a year later in 99, they come through again. At this point, now they have more of a stage show. The first time they performed, they had a, a dancer with them named Pakalika who at, looked like basically a mannequin this entire show. And then all of a sudden, he starts to like pop and lock across the stage. And I was like, okay, you got me. That was good. In 99, they come back. Now they have like a drummer. Whereas before they were just four guys and a dancer. The third time they come through in 2000, Lincoln Park is opening for them, which blew my mind. I had no idea who Lincoln Park was at that time. I knew that I went to the show because I, well, it's this Cottonmouth Kings again, whatever I'll fucking go, you know, it's fun. They're entertaining. Let's go. So we go, this band opens for them. And honestly, I hated Lincoln Park. I never was a fan. Oh, wow. Wow. And I got, and so I did see them, but I didn't even know who they were. And there's so many bands in my life that I've seen that I wish I could have appreciated. <laughs> but at the time I was so young or naive and I just couldn't fully grasp what I was seeing at the time. But, you know, that was 2000 and what, by 2003, they were like probably- Biggest fucking band on the planet. Yeah, yeah biggest The biggest band, band on the planet easily by 2003, 2004. Yeah, mm-hmm. right before Fallout Boy took it from them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, they were just a fun vibe and a lot of a lot of things about them are, are respectable in the fact that they had a really DIY ethic about things they, you know, they did assign with, I think, Capitol Records and they made uh what is it called? Suburban Noise, I think is what it's called mm-hmm. or yes. something like that. Yes. Which has had artists in its own right, I guess, that, you know, very firmly there is the... Anthony, Anthony, <laughs> are they coming for you? <laughs> no, I just live in the hood, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's an appropriate soundtrack for this album. Yeah. Oh, Works. my it, God. I mean, dude, I'm, I'm like... I think wow. there was quite literally a drive-by shooting. <laughs> I saw the news and it was like, there's been a shooting, a drive-by shooting on the 2000 block of Cherry Street. And I was like, I fucking live on the 2000 block of Cherry Street. That's terrifying. Can I share with you guys my Cottonmouth Kings uh, story? Do it. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I've never seen Cottonmouth Kings live, but a girl I worked with, back in the early aughts, uh, invited me over to her apartment that she shared with her then boyfriend. And me being bored and having a bit of a crush on her, I agreed. So we're chilling and this guy shows up and he's an absolute piece of shit. (laughs) He's a fucking piece of shit. So like 
the energy in the room completely shifts when this guy walks in. It just gets like dark. And pretty soon, like, you know why. This guy is rocking like an A-frame and just angrily smoking cigarette after cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know the guy. And like, without ever really telling you why he's upset, just fucking. And like me being, maybe he's mad at me. I don't know. But like, this is the type of dude who like would tell his girlfriend to shut up. (laughs) Yeah. As most of these assholes do when there's another guy in the room, like first it's like, I'm angry and don't fuck with me. It's like real alpha shit. And then his mood suddenly shifts and he's trying to find common ground with me. So like the first thing he does is tattoos where Mm -hmm. he relates a story about the Japanese kanji tattoos on his back. And that when he got them, he didn't wrap them the first night and the ink and plasma dried into the sheets and he had to tear them off. And then the next thing he tried to relate to me with was, oh, you like heavy music? <laughs> Both of you guys know when you're in a conversation with an absolute fucking moron and they go, oh, you like heavy music? You're about to hear the dumbest shit in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in modern times, it's always like five finger death punch. Always, always. That's like the most dreaded thing besides religion when somebody <laughs> brings that topic up. Like, yo, you like heavy music? I borderline want to be like, nah, man. Because <laughs> I don't even want to know what the fuck they're about to say to me. Like, like just nah, dude, no. So he loves Cottonmouth Kings and he proceeds to sit me down, put on one of their DVDs and pack not one, but two bongs between three people. And I'm terrified of this guy. So I sit down and I accept. And I have never smoked so much weed in my life and it was pure hell no it was fucking pure hell uh smoking pot is like a tricky thing for me because uh, you know like i've got a tincture and every thursday night like me and some buddies watch kung fu movies and like i'll take a little bit have a beer it's great but like bongs and vaporizers and like, yeah, Nick, you've just right into the anxiety part of my brain, (laughs) (laughs) which is already damaged in itself. So it just amplifies it. Yeah. So like for me and Nick, I'm a lot like you in that regard. When I smoke, it irritates my sinuses, something awful. My uvula swells up and my throat closes. <laughs> and like, I get cotton mouth so bad and I have disassociation from my body. Yeah. A lot of, of people get that. Yeah. 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 I have that. It sends me spiraling into a crippling panic attack. Yeah. Back then, weed was like terrible. Well, yeah, it was like mystery weed every time. You, didn't, you never, you, you got, you, you didn't have names for strains. You just got whatever your guy yeah. could get. You got yeah. some weed. shit that had somebody's dick hairs in it. It, it, fucking, it had been smashed in a fucking Ziploc baggie against somebody's nuts for a couple of days. I mean, and then it had just seeds falling out of it like oh god it was terrible it's like a a horrible nightmare for me to relive these things it's a horrible nightmare for me to relive this because not only am i in a spiraling into this panic attack but like the disassociation creates like i have sweaty palms and like i'm hot and i'm cold and all of this kind of leads up to like i think i've pissed my pants No, no but i haven't but i think i have 
And like, so I keep staring down at my crotch, but then I think that's weird. And everybody's looking at me. So then I just try like patting myself. And then I'm like, I'm in the, the room with this dude and I'm like touching myself and he thinks I'm a fucking pervert. So like now I'm just trapped. And I think like, I can't even check if I pissed myself. So finally, like I try to be super cool and like excuse myself to go to the bathroom. And I just throw up. And I'm uh, <laughs> and I'm just I'm drinking out of the sink and trying to spit this vomit out. Oh, and like no. and the whole time this Cottonmouth Kings DVD is playing. And I actually want to show you the video that was playing. This brings me back and it's a goddamn nightmare. Like so imagine <laughs> No wonder yesterday you were like, yo, real talk, I hate this shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so imagine like you're feeling this and there's also like this really dominant alpha male energy and like you have no idea what's even going on in your own head. And this is just playing it top volume. I don't know how much more of that I could handle. Yeah. So, Nick, can, can you break down what we just watched? Yeah. I mean, it's the members of the band, uh, all in varying stages of facial makeup, in a, uh, a weed field with weed props, and it's hard cuts to just different <laughs> images and women and a drummer. And, like, so before your brain can settle... It's just flashing to the next thing. And on top of it, when they're moving, they have like ghost trails behind them. <laughs> it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. That is my experience with Cottonmouth Kings. I just wanted to share that so that you guys can understand where my head's at. At the time that Lincoln Park opened for them was that era of the, their music. And I was like really, really over it by then. There was more of a a more of a punk aesthetic or DIY to their first album for people who are not aware of that of this group at all but they very firmly went into the juggalo territory very quickly know your audience yeah i mean they were going where the money was yeah. absolutely yeah makes sense i mean the only like 30 year olds that are still going to be listening to this shit are fucking losers yeah, absolutely <laughs> the worst dudes that you know like yeah i can't even imagine it I can't even imagine being friends with someone who can take this seriously. No, this is like the soundtrack to the vape store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If Monster was a thing in fucking back then, these dudes yep. would have been endorsed. I mean, they'd have been <laughs> signed and backed fucking hard by every energy drink ever. If I fell asleep with this album on, I would wake up with a Fox Racing logo tattooed on my chest. <laughs> yeah, this shit, this album will bleach your hair. It, it will. I would, I would have somehow retroactively dropped out of high school if I kept listening. <laughs> There's a couple things about the Cottonmouth Kings that our listeners need to know. Number one, they smoke weed. Number two, they get drunk. Number three, they don't give a fuck. And that is the very shallow pool that we are swimming in today, guys. Uh, yes, <laughs> indeed. The Cottonmouth Kings asked the question, how many songs can you write about weed? I did some quick math, and it turns out the answer is about 542 songs <laughs> that you can write about Christ. weed. They uh, they put a lot of songs on their albums, and those songs have a lot of lyrics. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's, it's true. crazy. I would never have this much to say about anything in my life ever. Never mind marijuana. I've got about five pages worth of words written on marijuana, and that's everything I have to say about it. They are to weed songs what the Red Hot Chili Peppers are to California songs. <laughs> and think about the fact that if they're smoking copious amounts of weed while they're making this material. So while that is kind of painfully obvious because they do some really nursery rhyme type stuff, mm -hmm. it, as a, it still could not have been easy when you're so stoned you can't get your chin off your chest. Like, yeah, true. it had to be Anthony, difficult. Anthony, just for frame of reference, how high are you right now? Oh, um, Barry. <laughs> I'm, I'm right now looking at like probably two and a half grams of cannabis concentrates and some bud. And I'd be smoking it if I weren't on a camera. <laughs> so, you know, that's just, that's kind of what I do. Well, let's meet stupid Wu-Tang. <laughs> First, we have d -Loke, a guy with no shirt but always wears a beanie. Saint Dog, who is the patron saint of motocross and simple assault charges. <laughs> you have uh, Johnny Richter, a.k.a. Timothy McNutt, a.k.a. original member of Cottonmouth Kings, a.k.a. not on this album. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> You have Daddy X. That's my favorite one. Daddy X. Daddy X. <laughs> yeah. This is a guy who, no matter what age he is, looks like he's 45 years old and in eyeliner. <laughs> <He's>, uh... <laughs> that dude is such a chode. Like, he's the fucking worst. Like, what is, the, what is the purpose in that? Like, is that how he was like, you know what? I really want the fucking Juggalos to buy these albums. So one of us yeah. has got to paint our face. Constantly. Yeah, we gotta be to be welcome at the gathering. Right. Yeah, but it's not even like the crow makeup or like scary new metal like Harlequin makeup. It's like just a smoky rouge. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's like it's, it's a yeah. smoky eye. It's just a smoky <laughs> yeah. eye. Apocalypse is a nightmarish combination of uh, West Borland and the guy from the Mighty Mighty Boston's who just dances around <laughs> on stage. Absolutely. In 1998, they released their debut album, High Society. And no one ever told them that all of this was a horrible idea, which it is. So they just went with it and experienced massive success, which we are going to talk about today. So if Cypress Hill is too pedestrian for you, buckle the fuck up as we get into high society. Let's kick it off with Bong Token Alcoholics. So uh, my first note is that the production value was a lot better than I expected it to be. <laughs> It's true. It's really That's not, very true. I mean, you can tell it had major label money. I can only imagine how many people are throwing up in the parking lot of a Cottonmouth King show. Oh, mm -hmm. buddy. Yeah. Let me tell you about it. These fucking shows. <laughs> cannabis was not legal. Like, when they were out there doing this, like, promoting this smoker's life. Oh, yeah, look how fucking cool we are because all we do is smoke weed. We don't give a fuck. This was highly illegal. Every bit of it. <laughs> like, there was nothing illegal about it. You could go to prison. Uh, no, I mean, Kevin, they're white people. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why they, they didn't have to worry about it. They're, they right. don't talk about They're not NWA. Fuck the police. My dad's the police. <laughs> <laughs> the neighborhood watches their concern, not the police. Most of this song is is just nonsense bars about like how fucked up they get which is all well and fine but then like daddy x drops this bar 
Are you so blind to the fact that you think this system, that this society sees any other color than green? Well, it's all slave-driven. The illusion of ownership in America profiteering is theft. Where did that come from? Yeah, dude, dad, he get, like, they get, like, woke, like, five mm-hmm. times on this album. Every, every, every once in a while, right. they but that, get woke. Yeah, it, it, they, they drop it in, in between lines like uh, this. We'll get naughty, they did, and these girls start to strip. Started freaking on my shit, and her boyfriend tried to strip. I said, you talk shit, punk? Let's step outside. He put his fists up. I put them on his eye. They have this trope where they talk about girls' boyfriends stepping up to them and then them beating their ass and then stealing their girlfriend on more than one spot on this album. That's why that, that guy that I got nightmarishly yeah. high with, that's yeah. his thing. One of the things I took a lot of joy in uh, is, uh, so for those that are unfamiliar with Genius.com, oh, that's God. usually the site that we rely on to break down the lyrics for all of these songs <laughs> that we have to listen to. So it's a user-driven website where generally the fans of the record enter the lyrics. I've never seen more lyrics spelled wrong <laughs> than Cottonmouth King's lyrics. I mean, and like everything's spelled phonetically. Like, oh, oh, it's no. just, it's so bad. Oh, no. Oh, God. Does anybody else have anything to say about Bong Token Alcoholics, or can we move on? No, I think it's a, they wanted to tell us who they were, and they did. Next up is Play On. I like the little verse at the beginning where they let you know they're not a gang. Like, uh, d- don't worry about that, guys. I, I didn't ever think. <laughs> Before they go in there, they're like, la di da di da di la di da di gang chance. I feeling pretty, pretty non-threatened right now. Yeah. I started to get it. So it's like West Coast Gangsta Production. With mm-hmm. East Coast Beastie Boys ripoff rhymes, nailed you it. nailed it, dude. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, because they switch gears from like Beastie Boys to 1993 Death Row Records, like, like that. And you want to know the instrument most used on this album? That by my ear, what's that? The fucking vibra slap. Do you guys know what a vibra slap is? <laughs> I, have I don't, no idea. but I want to. All right, watch this dingus play a vibra slap now. So there are two bands that love this this instrument, and they are Cake and the Cottonmouth Kings. Like you, you mentioned their nursery their nursery rhyme lyrics. I mean, we got now a new day dawn. Let's get things started. I hit the bong, wrote a song, took a piss, and farted. Yes, and if that isn't just etched into my fucking tombstone, then you guys are not my friends. So, so I do have a, an interesting moment in the lyrics of this song. He says, punk rock music, homegrown in OC, adolescence, doggy style, DI, and social D. No doubt, Agent Orange, and now the PTB, the last generation of the dynasty. And I'm like, at first I thought they were putting themselves like all on the same level as social D and the adolescence. But when he says doggy style, he's not talking about Snoop Dogg. Do you guys know who he's talking about? Uh-uh. <clears throat> I have a treat for you guys. Daddy X played in the seminal SoCal punk rock Early 80s band, Doggy Style. And I have a clip. It basically does that for a minute and a half. You know, I mean, Angel Dust just moved to California, and I think that's their new record. Like, <laughs> no joke. Uh, But yeah, so Doggy Style, like, they played shows with all those bands that he name dropped. It is weird that he ended up in the ICP thing while, like, the lead singer of, like, The Descendants is a college professor. Moving on to suburban life, you ever have one of those moments when someone who you think is the dumbest fucking person on the planet 
turns out not to be. I'm just going to play you a video of uh, an interview from 99. The Cotton Math Kings, again, become pretty woke, and it's delivered in just the most aggravating fashion ever. <laughs> also, check out this fucking chode in the middle interviewing them. In the song Suburban Life, <laughs> you guys you guys are basically saying fuck the American dream. You guys want to elaborate on that a little bit for me? Daddy X? Oh, uh, no, you know, well, basically, you know, we, we are brought up in a system where we're brainwashed to believe, first of all, America as a country has only been here 200 years, you know, and it's, as long as we first acknowledge that this country was stolen from the Native American people who had occupied this land. Stolen. Thousands and thousands of years, and, and the, you know, the, uh, the new kindness came over and took over this country by, by massacring the, the biggest genocide. Talk about ethnical cleansing that they claim that they... Ethnical? All right, first off, it looks like this guy interviewing them uh, stuck his foreskin in a light socket. Uh, <laughs> He's like a, like the Slim Jim guy fucked Mark from Sugar Ray. He looks like Guile from Street Fighter. <laughs> like, on donuts. <laughs> on Krispy Kreme. If, if his body was producing estrogen or something. <laughs> Yeah, he looks like a diabetic guile. That's what it is. <laughs> but I, I guess the, the point here is, is that obviously 99.9% .9 of their songs are about weed. There is a little bit of thought and social consciousness put into some of their songs. It's like I said at the beginning of this, like I, it is the band that I want to hate but I keep having nice things to say about them. Like, and I, I found myself through this whole album being like, man, I just want to hate this, but I actually appreciate how they did what they did and that they actually every now and then can express something that has some thought behind it. My thing though, is they only do it for a second. It's like when you go to a party, you know, you wear a tuxedo t-shirt cause you want to say, you know, I'm formal, <laughs> but I'm here to party. You know what I'm saying? I just, I think like they, they keep the joke vibe up the whole time. And like, so we get a couple verses when he's talking about uh divorce time, baby child support, how he went from cooked meals to TV dinners, but then it goes into like this major key jokey direction. And then at the end, he's like, Hey, fuck the system. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's a, it's a mixed bag. That's for sure. It's it's a mixed bag, but it's like none of it's great. None right. of it's right. great. Yeah, no, just it's a great. mixed bag of different like consistencies of shit. If it was a if it was a mixed bag of Halloween candy, it would be what was left after like two weeks of eating it. Just like <laughs> yes. those little brown and orange peanut butter things and tootsie rolls. <laughs> that asshole who gives out floss. Oh, <laughs> you bastard. Yeah. Fucking chick tracts. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is Life Ain't What It Seems. And my only note here is, um, Anthony, I can't tell if I've soiled myself or not when I'm high. So <laughs> how the fuck do five guys remember all the words and intricate call and response rhyme schemes? Seriously, there's so many words. Like, how did how do they do that? I witnessed these men go side to side on the stage, high energy the entire time, smoking more reefer than any, even me, even a seasoned stoner would do. And they just were constantly still, I have no idea. It's an admirable thing. I do have some notes on this one. So like, this is trash and we all understand that. 
But if this is their style, like weed-soaked, West Coast, stupid stoner rap rock with cool DJ breaks, this could be like the crowning moment of the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's some bars on this track. Credit credit where credit due. Yeah, if you're a Sublime fan, this is your shit. Yeah, but my, my, my main takeaway from this is that Saint Dog... He he sounds like Cletus a slackjawed yokel. Like he's got got a hillbilly accent and a list. So all of a sudden he's like, Riverside hometown rippers and stay loyal. I wanted somebody else to mention how it sounds like he talks out of the side of his mouth. Like So next up is So High. I recognize this as English but have no idea what was just said. And I need somebody to translate it for me. If anybody is going to explain to me in the King's English. I hope that I can translate it word for word. Let's go. You are are my weed Rosetta Stone right now. Man, homeboy's over here in a garage with four 1000s, powder nutrients, thrown in the dirt, taking four and a half months, not even getting a full peak. You know, you know, in a room the size of like a telephone booth, using liquid nutrients, butts, well, rock, wool, one 1000 watt high pressure sodium. Kevorky buds the size of a fucking Volkswagen. You know what I'm talking about? You do the math, motherfucker. Okay, so I can't explain to you exactly what he's saying. He is talking about somebody who was growing marijuana in a garage and they had all this equipment to try to grow it, but did not grow more than a pound of marijuana. Hmm. But he himself with only one high pressure sodium bulb grew some very good marijuana and then he said, you do the math, motherfucker. (laughs) That's pretty much exactly what happened. Excellent. What's a Kevorky, bud? Uh, I would say uh, Dr. Kevorkian, bud, you know, yeah, like a so bud like- that helps, it'll help you kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It'll, it'll help you ease yourself on out of here. You know what I mean? My only note is that there's goddamn vibra slap <laughs> everywhere. Now that I identified what the instrument is, it's all that I hear when I listen to this song. This would be more of the like smoker's anthem feel of a song. But other than that, like, it's just so ridiculous that there's not much more good to say about it. What I do have a lot to say about is the next track, Big Hoss. Me too. I love this one. I love Big Hoss. I love a good rap verse recorded through a prison phone. Yeah, so Big Hoss is Saint Dog's brother, and he's in prison, and he performs on this track through the prison telephone. Also, he sucks at rap. (laughs) (laughs) I have a bar queued up from Big Haas. Thank you. I want to note for our listeners who cannot see the video I'm about to play that it is a fan-made YouTube video that is just a bizarre slideshow of candid shots of random people in the middle of the day at some random bar and grill. Alongside that, there's like homemade PVC pressure gauge type things and then like stock photographs of motorcycles and like with Big Hoss rapping, it makes it really unsettling. So I'm going to show that to you guys now. Okay, I'm, I'm here for this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a slideshow with just like motorcycle <laughs> parts. <laughs> it's amazing. What is this video? Where did you find? You guys dug so much deeper than me <laughs> oh on God. this. 
That's kind of that's kind of what we do. That's what we do. I appreciate Where did it. This happen? God damn it! I I listened to the album, but I fuck you guys found some gold. So that's Big Hoss, and wow, he can't fucking rap. Meanwhile, they talk about on this song how the system put him in jail and robbed him of his childhood, but like these dudes admit crimes on every song on this album. Yeah. <laughs> That is referred to as dry snitching in the business. (laughs) You have dry snitched upon yourself, sir. Oh, my God. The only note I have for this next track, Spies, is, again, how do weed and punk work together? Because I can't get high and do anything except wonder if I pissed myself. Yeah, dude, and it's like... Well, I mean, I don't think any of these guys play the guitar. I think they called one of their buddies. But this song starts with the straight up thrash Mm -hmm. metal part. It's like so like so like suicidal tendencies. SoCal thrash punk. I honestly like this song and I feel like they blended the the hip hop that it goes into from the punk, like the thrash hardcore punk riffs. It actually blends fairly well. Like if they could have done more of this. They would have had more serious support for me as Agreed. a fan, for sure. I, I think um, I think it's a little bit fun. I think it's kind of um, an interesting arrangement. Like thought went into it. It's not just bars. But if I'm right, this song is just all about how people keep calling the cops on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. I think that's pretty much exactly what they're saying. And like, you know, you have to relate to the fact that in California they ha- they have police helicopters are like a normal thing. Where like where I'm from, you know, you you don't ever see police helicopters ever, but for them to say, you know, snipers in the air, they're talking about the ghetto birds, the police helicopters. Uh, I didn't even put that together. This is why we needed an X. See, ah. next up is a song I actually like, uh, "Bump." I realized as soon as I started playing that I know this song, and this song is the tale of three stoners driving around in a Volkswagen van. <laughs> And a bunch of hot chicks in a Range Rover are eyeballing them, so they pull over, and the ladies get in, and then I guess it turned into the bang bus. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the chorus is perfect. It's like, bump, bump, bump. That's the sound of my 50s with the hitting in my truck. It's perfect. And, like, I remembered this song as having new metal guitars on it. And it certainly doesn't. It's a straight-up hip-hop song. But allow me to show you why I remember that. That's the sounds of the 50s while they hitting in my trunk said bomb, bomb, bomb With a cop mouth takes and we don't give a bomb. I was living my life on the 9 to 5 Up early in the morning trying to survive I jump- Do you hear it? Yes. yes. Well, there were new metal guitars on that. There were. Interesting. So, so that's the version I remember hearing. But that's not what's on this album. Not at all. That album version sounds a thousand times better than that. Maybe that was a demo <laughs> version someone had a leaked apparent. I, I got a theory now. You know how the uh, Biohazard Onyx version of Judgment Night was more hip-hop and they turned down the guitars? Yep. Mm-hmm. This one, they turned up the guitars. They added guitars. Yeah. Like, new metal was the most popular genre. I mean, this, this video is... From like them, it's got 1.7 million views. Oh, this is the official, so that means they re-released this song and made it worse sounding. (laughs) Holy shit. Dog's Life? Dog's Life. This was a radio hit in Chicago. Was it? Yeah, this song was actively played on Q101 WK. 
QRX. Wow. Yeah. I fucking hate Sublime, and I'm just going to say it. Uh, Thank you. See, this is why you and I are friends. Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die had one of my favorite tweets ever. It says, how are you going to say you can play the guitar like a motherfucking riot and then play that little dainty guitar line afterwards? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God bless him. Like, I don't know who the fuck enjoys, like, this SoCal skater ska punk thing, but, like... Kevin, it's people that are feeling IRE! Oh, if you had Jamaican Patois on your bingo card, mark it off, because we got it here, fam. So I was friends with this kid named John that lived in my town. He was the first one of all my friends to get a car. He got this, like, Saturn when he was, like, 14, and it just sat there in his yard until he was old enough to drive it, and he would just put stickers on it. So he had, like, Grateful Dead stickers and ICP stickers, (laughs) and I realized these were just the shit they sold at the head shop. And he had, like, loud-as-fuck subwoofers in the back, and I'm certain that I have memories of this song in that car because one of the key elements of pimp rock is it has to hit those subs right oh yeah oh yeah if my acura isn't rattling then uh, it's not pimp rock there's only a few more bites of this turd sandwich next up is misunderstood and what the fuck is up with saint dog just wanting to (laughs) that's his style Dirt slime, it starts like this, bro. I played double with the homies in the East Pink Tosco. God, I hate it. I fucking hate it. <laughs> it's so bad. Jesus. That, like, is very reminiscent of um, Beastie Boys, uh, what is it, Paul Revere, maybe? Yeah, Paul Revere, if, if fucking uh, Ad-Rock is having a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd fucking, yeah, ate a handful of Oxycontin before he got in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Let's sprint towards the finish. Next up is a song, I, this is probably my favorite song on the album, uh, What's Your Trip? I was nodding my head, like, listening along, taking notes. I dig it. It's fine. It's fine. It was one of the better songs on the album, for sure. And I myself nod my head, and then there's other times where I'm like, why the fuck am I listening to this? <laughs> Next up is High Society, and it's not good. It's not a good song. I don't like it. Uh, it sucks. He, he gets into his political thing. Now a nation that's stolen can never be golden. Good God. <laughs> Leave it to Rage Against the Machine. Just no right. one else should ever touch that. Um... Psychedelic funk. My note says, I have nothing to say for this song. <laughs> My note says, uh, this is the part of the album where I'm starting to get angry. Yeah, I mean, because how many songs can you shove into one fucking album? Like, what are they, like 28 tracks on this piece of yeah. shit? The last note I have is for the song Me and My Skate. Officer Jack Me Off is funny as hell. That's a really... (laughs) Yeah, it's a fun song. This has my favorite lyric from the whole album. He goes, Now I just got off the phone with Big Hoss up in prison. Thank God for freedom. Hook the bitches with my jism. How did you hook him with my jism? <laughs> jism, bravo! Sir. Yeah, and it's again more of these dorks singing about beating up random women's boyfriends again. <laughs> Good God! Yeah. Good God! So we've got three more. Can we tie it all up? Because guys, I, I stopped listening. Yep, I stopped yeah. listening. done. I got nothing. We don't even. Are we going through the last three? Because I stopped listening like five ago. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that the the song Planet Budatron. Remember when we did Judgment Night, and I said that the Cypress Hill song 
sounds like how being high feels. Yes. This, that's what Planet Budtron is. They do it really well. I, I feel super stoned the whole time that song's on. So mission accomplished. Good job. It's true. You did it, guys. Once again, we have another smoker's anthem. Way to go. All right. And yes. that brings to a merciful close, Cottonmouth King's Royal Highness. Gentlemen, do we have any other notes that we want to add about this? No. <laughs> no, I'm thinking that's about it. I would like to know what happened after this. Yes. Anthony? Oh, um, I can tell you what I know is... Uh, How many of them are dead? <laughs> a lot. No, okay, so actually and truthfully, only one of the original members remains at all involved with their record label or Cottonmouth Kings as a entity, a group, whatever. Um, Saint Dog just died like uh, two months ago. Oh, maybe. shit. Rest in peace. Pakalika passed away in like 2009. Uh, I think two other members are in prison right now. So, you know, go figure. They've already proved that they can't record an album from a prison phone. So uh, that yeah. basically puts to an end the Cotton Mouth gig. That puts them out. Yeah. And Saint Dog, I think Saint, the member Saint Dog, the member d and the member Daddy X were the ones that really kept it going all the way into like 2016, probably, which is crazy to think. But, you know, Juggalo gatherings happen every year. <laughs> they are they are a fucking shadow economy and they have done incredibly well for themselves, uh, cultivating their own strain of marijuana. Um, it's it's fascinating. And also, I want nothing to do with it. I will stick to my uh, burgeoning alcoholism. And um, that's just good enough for me. Yeah, and to each their own vice, and I'll I'll keep smoking, you keep drinking. The bong token alcoholics, Not one man should not have to carry that burden alone. No man is an island, you know? With that, uh, Anthony, as you well know, we like to end each episode by talking about uh, what we are listening to and recommending a track. As our guest, I will extend the honor to you. I'm going to go with the most ignorant things ever which is the gulch tsunami split that just came out recently mm -hmm. these are bay area california bands that are just ignorant punch someone in the face like quite literally their lyrics are about punching people in the face <laughs> and that's exactly what they're about all right nick what you got uh i've been listening to phoebe bridgers a lot lately i know she had a big moment I think during the quarantine, she played on SNL and everybody was talking about her because her band all dresses up like skeletons. It's kind of dope. Um, she did put out a really fantastic album last year called Punisher. And I'll just go with the last song on the album, which is called I Know the End. It is a long song. It is a journey piece. Plays out by the end. I like it. Awesome. And I am listening to the latest single by uh, Nine Inch Nails, and it's a collaboration with Health. The song is called Isn't Everyone. That That's what I'm going to recommend. And that brings us to a close. Anthony, do you have any pluggables to plug? Not necessarily, man. No, just uh, everybody have a good one. And thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, Nick, tell them where they can find us. 
You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Days of the New. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick underscore the underscore knife. And you can find me on Instagram at K-J-D-E-L-U-R-Y. And you cannot find me on Twitter because I can't even be trusted to not piss my pants when I'm high. Uh, I have no business having a Twitter account. Let's just face facts. All right, guys. See you Thursday. See you next week. Show me a way.